Hello, welcome to a book talk at Book Place. Yeah. This is Book Talk at Book Place. And uh, we are having a guest today who has authored a book that we are going to learn about. And with us in the studio today is Christopher St uh, Smith. Christopher Smith, welcome to the show, Christopher. Thank you for having me. Yes, um, I got to your book on, uh, <laughs> now it's good that I, uh, to clear up uh, some things in the beginning. I got to your book, which is on Amazon, and I see it's CJ Hudson. Here you're Christopher Smith. Sorry, I didn't ask that before, but I maybe we are going to learn it here <laughs> in the episode. No problem. Yeah, so uh, tell us, uh, let, let us know about your name. Well, like you said, my actual name is Christopher Smith, but my pen name is C.J. Hudson. Uh, my C.J. was a name that I've gone off since I was a kid, and uh, Hudson is my mother's last name, so it just seemed to make sense. Uh, and been dealing with it for about uh, about forty something years, so it's been around for a while. But uh, it just seemed appropriate to be able to have that as my pen name. Oh, wonderful! Now, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Christopher? Well, <clears throat> I'm actually a physical therapist assistant. I work over at the Austin VA over in Austin, Texas. Uh, but I'm all obviously an author. I just recently received a publishing deal for my book, Destiny Lives on Fairhaven Street, through uh, Black Rose Writing Publishing. So been working on uh, Destiny for about four years, uh, on and off for about, about an hour every day in my car. Um, it was written entirely on an iPhone, actually. And it's it's a story of how I, it's actually a story written to my sons. It's a memoir about how I ended 100 years of abuse in our family while trying to get back to the first woman I ever loved. Wonderful. And you mentioned something interesting there to people who may be listening out there. It's about writing. And I've met a lot of people who have a book in themselves. Some people who say, yes, I want to write a book, but then I, I may not have the equipment and I'm speaking because of um, people who are, uh, some people who don't maybe have a computer, they don't have a program to write. They think there's a program, a special program that you have to use to write a book. And you say that you wrote in on your iPhone. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. All you need, and in my case, what I have was uh, Microsoft Word on my iPhone. Mm -hmm. And box. And then the others use the excuse of time. They say, I don't have the time to write because I'm working all day. And then, but yourself, you found time to write during lunch breaks and you, you put up a whole book. Exactly. And, and the only reason why it took four years is because I'm a perfectionist. So mm -hmm. I would have had it done about half the time. But the problem was, is that it was, you know, such a, a, a near and dear story to my heart. I wanted it to be as close to perfect as possible. And it's, 
the problem I was running into is not, it's not a problem per se, but it's just I obviously work full time and I have a family at home with two kids. So my wife, you know, she needs help. She needs, you know, her due attention and everything else. So don't really have a whole lot of opportunity to be able to write. So you just have to do it when you can. And if it takes a long time, it takes a long time. Wow. So this goes out to all the people who are listening or watching out there. You don't have to have an excuse of why you have not written your book because you have a book and you can write it. If Christopher has written it, then you too can do it. Now, Destiny Lives on Fairhaven Street. This is the title of your book. It's a novel. You've written it uh, dressed to your sons. And uh, it's an interesting book for someone to read. And we would like to find out more. What is it all about? Destiny Lives on Fairhaven Street. Dive us into it, please. Right. So it's a memoir. So it's all based... It actually happened. It was written by me mm-hmm. uh, on basically the eight-year journey that I went on to try and return back to the first woman I ever loved. As I previously said, <clears throat> I ended 100 years of abuse in that time. and Obviously, I came from a very abusive household. We ended up moving next door to this girl on Fairhaven Street whose name was Danielle, and she and I connected. We became best friends. Eventually, we, became, we fell in love. Uh, at 10 years old, we met. And we were together for about three years. So, and basically with what I was dealing with at home, Danielle was sort of the antithesis to that. When my parents would put me down, she would build me up. And so, you know, it was, it was a very, as I've been told, it was a very sweet and innocent kind of, you know, romance. And then I was eventually forced apart from her because my parents got divorced and my mother took me out of state. Mm-hmm. And so it a promise to her, that I was going to come back for her when, when I grew up. So I gave her a heart pin that snapped in half. She kept one half, I kept the other. And it, the story is of the eight year journey that from that point forward until I returned to her about how not only did I end the hundred years of abuse, but I refused to date anyone. So my entire young adult life, I didn't date. I didn't go on my first date until I was 21 after I returned. Um, and how I changed myself to make sure that, that the cycle of violence was broken because there was no way that I was ever going to have her come back into my life if my family was still like that. I did not want her to go through that. Mm-hmm. It's a story to my kids about how, how things came to be the way they are. And it's, it's gotten really good reviews. It's won 11 awards, actually. And as I mentioned, it was just picked up by a publisher. Wow, wonderful, wonderful. Now, whom do you, now you've written it to your kids, but then your kids are gonna read and someone else out there is gonna read. Who would you very much want to read this book? Well, the the salesman in me says everyone. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I mean, this this is a good old fashioned romance. There's, and it's, it's real. I think that's one of the main things that separates it from everything else. There are uncomfortable things that we talk about in there. They talk about abuse. You know, for example, chapter two is, is the only chapter that I have in there that really goes over what happened with my father. But it's an underdog story. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of story that, especially in this day and age when we deal with relationships being disposable and you know, perhaps not taken seriously or not worth fighting for, that this is a good old-fashioned romance that I feel reminds people that relationships are worth fighting for they're worth sacrificing for so getting back to your question 
romantics obviously are top of the list people that love a good old-fashioned romance mm. and i actually explained this to my editor as well as the publisher everybody loves a romance especially when it's real mm. one unless they've somehow been able to get through life without ever having love in their life at all has had a first love and that's exactly what this is about is the fact that not only as i put it in the book as i wrote to my children the man you're destined to become is the one you choose to be. Mm-hmm. And that's the theme of the book. But also the other theme is that first love never dies. And that is so absolutely true. So, and we're also dealing with folks that also suffered from abuse. This is something else because it goes back to what I just said, you know, the person you choose to become is the one that you're destined to be. I've heard so many times in my life from people saying, well, you know, this is my past. I don't have a choice. This is just how it is. This is how I ended up doing this horrible thing or saying this horrible thing or doing this. It's things like that that have always bothered me because you always have a choice. And that's something that I really wanted to push to my children to not allow their circumstances to dictate who they are. And for me growing up, one of the things I desired most was control. I wanted control over my own life. And what I found is that by taking responsibility for everything that happened to me, and realizing my role in it, I was able to change things and I was successful at my goal. So those are the main groups of people I feel that are, that's targeted towards. Wow, that's good. Now, um, I had begun reading the book, although I didn't complete it. Maybe at some point I'm going to complete it. And I discovered now going back to your name, CJ, is like you didn't like it uh, in those early days. And then you still rem- you you still retain it, and it, it's your pen name. Now tell us about about it. Uh, why didn't you like it, and why did you still choose to go with it even today? Well, I can answer the first part of the question. The second part, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you decide on that when you finish the book, because the end of the book explains that. Oh, okay. But in the beginning of the book, it talks about how my father basically decided that my name was CJ, and that's just how it was. He hated the name Chris, and you're going to be called this whether you want to or not. So naturally, I rebelled against it. I didn't like it, didn't want to deal with it. To me, that they represented a person who was abused, who was weak, didn't have any confidence. And then as I grew up and I grew older and I became this different person, I didn't want to be referred to as CJ. So, and the book is, is in addition to the journey I mentioned before, is also the journey to kind of accept who I am and say, okay, well, you know what? There's nothing wrong with CJ. Uh, there's nothing wrong with it at all. But as, as I said before, the book explains exactly why I became C.J. Hudson. So you'll have to read it to find out. Oh, yeah. Uh, thank you. And uh, everybody who is out there, go and get uh, the book and find out the link between C.J. and Christopher Smith that we are having here on our show today. Now, it's good that you share some important lessons out there. and. I want to find out because uh, the world today is upside down and especially on issues, romance. Uh, We don't have long lasting relationships that actually end up in marriage. Our marriages are breaking every single day. Now, I want to find out maybe some of the tips that you would give to the listener. Um, How can they keep it real and keep it going? Uh, those some of the ideas maybe that they are going to find in the book 
You mean as far as keeping romance alive, that kind of thing, or? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I, I don't know. I consider myself an expert in keeping romance alive. Uh, it, it's. I've been with my wife for 16 years, and it just takes a lot of patience, a lot of patience, more patience than you can probably realize. Mm -hmm. Not only patience, but also the desire to work things out. And there are times where it seems hopeless. And there are times when, when it seems like, why should we continue? You have to find that reason to continue. I think it's part of the, part of the problem with our society. Like you said, we're, everything's going crazy right now, because I think, especially with marriage, people are quick to give up. They're quick to just throw their hands up, say it didn't work out, we're done, that's it. I'm just gonna go get someone else. People are not interchangeable toys. They're not interchangeable pieces of a machine. They're human beings. And for me, with my wife, you know, I wanted to woo her. I wanted to, to do the old fashioned thing where we waited for marriage. And it's like, we were together for three, almost four years before we got engaged. And we lived together for a time. And it was something that I knew that I wanted to get right. I didn't want to mess it up. So we, we weren't in any hurry to jump into it. And it's like any other marriage. It's got its ups and downs. You're going to have issues. You're going to have conflicts. That's just how it is. But the, the thing, in my opinion, that separates the adults from the children is the fact that the adults work it out. The adults figure out what, okay, how can we fix this? Because this is worth saving. So, for example, we were we had issues. I'm kind of delving into book two here a little bit here, but we had issues with my boys where we couldn't, we were having problems conceiving. So we were able to to finally do that, but that took a few years. So and it it put a little bit of a strain on the marriage, but we we decided we're going to hunker down, we're going to figure this out, we're going to get through it, and now we have two beautiful boys. So it luckily worked out for us, but. Overall, it just, it just comes down to just making it work and really just taking your time, getting to know the person and just saying, okay, can you honestly see yourself with this person in 20 years when they've gained weight, when they probably let themselves go a little bit, are you okay with that? And if the answer is no, then you need to seriously reevaluate before you take that leap. Mm. And is that idea in the book or is coming out in book two? It's kind of coming out in book two. I don't really talk about marriage in, in, in the first book because it's from the, from the ages of about 10 to about 21. So I really didn't know anything about marriage except how not to do it. Um, but book two really starts to go into, you know, marriage and, and how, you know, how you make things work, struggling with depression which is perfectly normal in every person. So it, book one is the, the dreamy, I wanna get married one day, I wanna have kids, and here's this beautiful girl, I wanna be with her and only her, and oh, now I'm getting attention from other women, but I wanna be with this girl still, uh, that, that kind of thing. It's, it's, it's the dreamy romance. Mm. That's beautiful. And how often now, because uh, things change now and again, do you still write it uh, over lunch hour or have you found a, a, another <laughs> another way of going about it? I, I, I do. Uh, I may end up shifting over to a computer. I don't know because I don't want to end up with arthritis in my fingers. But um, yeah, because you know, writing on an iPhone is challenging. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's not the most user-friendly device when it comes to writing <laughs> prolonged things. And I think they designed it that way. Um, 
So I'll probably get shipped over to a computer, but it's really the best time for me to write is at lunch at work because we got an hour, we can, I can just relax. I can just go onto the car and do my thing. Um, my biggest thing is just not being rushed. That's the big thing. And mm -hmm. I think writers, that's, that's, that's what it is because when you're rushed, your quality of your work is just not there and it's just not hitting where you want it to hit. So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna keep doing as much as I can. Well, uh, now, um talk about talking about your writing time and writing style and everything now for those who are coming we are talking about destiny lives on fairhaven street by cj hudson otherwise known as christopher smith and uh, i want to find out now uh, if there is something really that you want the listener to know about this book before we even get to end the episode something more this book is not for the faint of heart. And what I mean by that is that it does talk about some things that are uncomfortable for, for some people to, to go over. Uh, for example, like I said, chapter two talks about being abused by, by my father. Uh, it, was, it was last night that he was with us. And then after that, it stopped. Um, but I think what's most important, and I say this in the beginning of the book, is that for those people who are willing to look past those discomforts, those, those situations that they're not quite sure how to handle. It really is a reminder that love can conquer all things. And to me, that's so important. And it was, it was important for me to be graphic with this, as graphic as possible, as long as I'm, I was being honest. Because, not because of other people, but because of my children. Because what I did was a double-edged sword. Because while it's great that they, never, they were never abused, neither was my wife, they never had to deal with that. They never had to deal with that. So what I mean by that is that they don't know how it impacts people. So to me, when I die, I want the cycle to remain broken. So my goal was to be as graphic as possible. Mm -hmm. When I die, I want the cycle to remain broken. So my goal was to be as graphic as possible. Mm -hmm. When I die, I want the cycle to remain broken. So my goal was to be as graphic as possible. Uh, sorry, uh, oh, we're checking who are with us, and um, yeah, let's keep going. So, continue. So, sorry. so it, to wrap it up, I I wanted to make sure that they understood not only how bad it was, but also how it impacted me, and that's the whole point of the series. Is for them to see, you know, your dad was screwed up, but he turned out okay in the end, uh, and that that's the most important thing. So, yeah, it, it's graphic. It's it talks about death. It talks about things that people may not be comfortable with, but it's worth it. It's worth it. Because even when things don't quite work out the way you think they should, or they want to, or the way you want to, it can still, you can still end up with the life you've always wanted. Wow. That's a great message. And I think it uh, goes with what just happened 30 seconds ago. Things go wrong, and then you've got to come back on trail and keep on moving and keep doing it right. Exactly. So, Whatever goes wrong, you can always correct it. You can always come back to it. Now, if there is someone that you've been separated with, you can stay 11 years and come back. <laughs> you can stay 20 years and come back and keep it going. If there is something that is not working, you can always come back and make it work. Take that from Christopher Smith as we are addressing his book, Destiny Leaves on Fairhaven street and uh, 
It's uh, wonderful. We thank you for sharing with us your story uh, in the book. And we ask the people to go and get the book. The link is shared in the description of this video as we are live. And also after we are through with it, it's gonna be there in the description. So you can follow the link and go get the book. Yeah, read it, share it with your friends. Please do. Yeah. <laughs> We really appreciate and uh, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. So we are now coming to the end of this episode. And I'll ask Christopher to leave us. Now you've shared quite much with us, a lot of insight. And, and we, we want to go and read the book, find out about how the, the, you, you chose to remain with your CJ pen name. We want to find out a few more tips of how to get, uh, to hold on to something for years and years until it becomes real. So you shared quite much with us. So at this point, I want to ask you, what few words, like one sentence, would you want us not to ever lose, always to remember. Which are those words? Well, it's two things, actually. I'm going to cheat a little bit. The person you're destined to become is the one you choose to be. Yeah. And never, never, ever give up. Okay. The person you become is the person you choose to be. So whoever is listening, who is watching out there, be the person that you want to be. It's a decision, it's a commitment, and you can do it. Thank you very much. That has been Book Talk at Bookplace with our guest, Christopher Smith. We are saying bye for now. Bye. Bye.